0: The Rangers took game one and the Diamondbacks took game two. But let's be quite frank, for a series that was supposed to be a bit of a snooze fest, it's been quite thrilling, even in just the short amount of two games we've had. There's been big moments, big plays, and there's already a bit of a storyline between Tommy Pham and the pitching coach of the Texas Rangers that I think most people will be looking out for in game three. Who's going to win the series? Who knows? Who's going to win game three? That's even harder to predict. But as the series heads back into Arizona in game four, this game three is as as vital as any that has been in the series so far. So we'll look ahead to that one. But one topic I also want to look into, what makes a dynasty? And more specifically, are the Houston Astros a dynasty or do they fall just short of what the standards are for a dynastic team? So let's not waste any time and let's get straight into it because this is Let's Talk Baseball. Good afternoon and good evening, wherever you may be listening. This is Let's Talk Baseball. I'm your host, Tom Sculls, and we're going to just jump straight into this one. This is a preview of sorts towards Game 3 of the World Series tonight, live just after midnight here in the United Kingdom. It's live on Fox in America, I believe. It's live on the BBC iPlayer over here, or if you have Major League Baseball TV, it's live on there, which is what I'll be watching it on. But for a series that was supposed to be one that no one wanted, was supposed to be one that no one was that bothered about, I think, it's, I think it's doing quite well. I think it's providing a lot of excitement that maybe some people didn't see coming. Maybe they didn't see it coming because they didn't want to see it coming. And what I mean by that is there was a there is a preconception about baseball and sports in general that certain teams can provide certain big moments. We'll use yesterday's Manchester Derby as an example. Manchester United versus Manchester City. In the eyes of some and in the minds of some, Manchester United are still the predominant club in Manchester and, to an extent, the Premier League. They're one of the biggest in Europe, they're one of the biggest in the country, and they're one of the biggest in the world. But they were handed an absolute lesson by Man City yesterday, and there'll be some people out there that struggle to comprehend that still after all these years and i think that tra- translates into american sports as well when an upset team does well or an unfashionable team does well there's a lot of people that question that there's a lot of people that will try to defend and explain why that hasn't always been the case why you know maybe they don't deserve to be there my answer to that is, is complete nonsense If you have the runs that these two teams have had, you 100% deserve to be exactly where these teams are. The Arizona Diamondbacks have gone through the Brewers, they've gone through the Dodgers, and they've gone through the Phillies. There are three teams that, let's hold our hands up, most people would have expected to have beaten the Diamondbacks at some point in time during this run. On the flip side, the Texas Rangers have beaten the Tampa Bay Rays, they have beaten the Baltimore Orioles, and they have beaten the Houston Astros, who have had a stranglehold on the American League for the past seven or so years, and they've reached seven straight American League Championship Series, and they took them to, the, the Texas Rangers took them to a Game 7 and beat them in their own backyard, prompting questions whether the dynasty quote unquote of the Houston Astros is over. That is something we'll get into further on in this particular show, but for this moment in time we're going to stay focused on the World Series. My problem is with the with the with the with the comments around this World Series, is they are forgetting that not everybody is that bothered about the big teams. What I mean is you know, as a New York Yankees fan, I understand that quite a lot of people don't like us. That's perfectly fine by me. I'm not here to be liked by opposition fans. I'm not here. To, you know, winning is all that matters. The favour and the opinion of other people within the sport doesn't really bother me as a, as a, purely as a fan. And I'm sure there are people within the organisation that feel the exact same way. I'm sure the feeling is exactly is, is is. I'm sure the feeling is exactly the same. Up in Massachusetts with the Boston Red Sox, they don't care whether people like them. They just want to win. The Dodgers will be the same, and the Houston Astros will be the same. If there's one team in the world that have had a, their fair share of criticism over the past couple of years, it is the Houston Astros. They've developed that thick skin, and they don't care what people think about them. The Texas Rangers don't fans don't care, because they're having the time of their lives. They might actually win their first World Series, and after what they went through in 2010, and what they went through in 2011, maybe they feel that this one's due. Maybe they feel that this one is the one. You know, everything seems to be falling right for them. They have the correct blend of people and pitchers and hitters and power and baseball plays. You know, the the, the the plays that you don't normally see. And then on the other side, you see that with the Diamondbacks, they have a really good group. They have a really good underdog mentality that a lot of the players are showing. A lot of You know, you see on social media, we've seen Zach Gallen tweet about it. We've seen Paul Seward tweet about it. They're they're firmly aware of what their position within the baseball hierarchy is. And they're playing into it. They know that not a lot of people have expected them to beat a lot of teams this season. I'll hold my hands up. When I was in Phoenix for the Super Bowl back in February, we went into uh, Chase Field for an event. And you know the people there know me as the baseball guy of Talk Sport. They know that if there's a question about it, they come to me about it. You know, and we we were in the we're in one of the boxes. we were having something to eat, and they were chatting to us about it. And and they they the guys with us asked, hey, you know, "What would you expect from the Diamondbacks this season?" And I I'll hold my hands up. I had fourth in the division. You know, I thought the Dodgers would win it as. Expected, I thought the Padres would be significantly better. I thought the Giants would be, you know, admittedly they did finish in the position I predicted them to be, but I thought they would be a bit more competitive than they have proven to be. I didn't see this coming from the Diamondbacks whatsoever. So when they, you know, when people criticise them and talk to them about, you've written us off and you didn't see this and you didn't see that, 100% completely agree. A lot of people have written them off. Because a lot of people did write them off. Because you look at that team and you compare them to the other teams, not only within their division, but within the National League. Most people would have had the Braves going to the World Series ahead of them. They would have had... Actually, no, I think everybody would have had the Braves going to the World Series ahead of them, including this guy. I had the Braves as my National League pick. Most people would have had the Dodgers going ahead of them. This is just in the playoffs as well. Most people would have had the Phillies going ahead of them. I... I'm sure you could find people that would have had the Brewers going in ahead of them, you know. And fair, fair play to the Diamondbacks for getting into this position. What I um, what I'm intrigued most about is how they deal with or well, going into the World Series. What I, what I was intrigued about was how they would deal with the pressures that came with playing in this series. And what has, I don't know if it's a surprise, I don't know if it's just me being short-sighted on the matter, but what I have enjoyed most about it is there is a carefree nature about this team. You know, they know that just being here for for, in the eyes for a lot of people is a success, but to them it's not a success. So the Diamondbacks' success is going on and winning it. And the way they've played in the first two games and the way they played in the in the championship series against the Phillies, they're not there just to make up the numbers. They're there because they believe they can go on and win it. Do I believe they can go on and win it? I'm not entirely sold on it just yet. And I'm not going to pull a Mad Dog. I'm not going to pull a Chris Russo and say I'm going to resign or do something wacky if they do go on and win it. What I'm saying is, whilst I don't believe they will go on and win it, I do have the Rangers winning this in six I w- would not be surprised if the Diamondbacks did that as well. If the Diamondbacks came away from this within winning the World Series in six games, would not be surprised in the slightest. Because that's the kind of team they are. they are. I don't know if plucky is the right way to describe them, but they do not quit. They do not know when they are down. And they can come back from defeat, and they have a lot of people in that team that have a point to prove. One thing you don't do in baseball is you don't stoke the bear. And what I mean by that is you do not do something that will provoke the other team, get them mad, and essentially put it up as locker room bulletin board material. And what the Texas Rangers have done is they have awoken the issue with Tommy Pham. With Tommy Pham, he is an experienced major leaguer who, if you were to speak to fans, they would see him as a... I don't know how to, I don't know how to, the right way to describe it. They would see him as a as a competent player who is you know very talented, very good, but probably reduced solely to a good locker room guy. And but you you listen to how ex players and ex teammates speak about him, and they have nothing but praise for the man. And you know there was a story about he was could have been the first person ever to go five for five in the World Series, but he was taken out of the game for. Jace Peterson. By the story goes, he told the coaches he wants to be pinch hit for Jace so he could get his first taste of a World Series. That is the kind of guy that they are dealing with, and that is the kind of guy that when you go back and read about what he said about his tenure at the Mets, what he said about, you know, the leadership within that locker room. It's a guy that knows what he's doing. He's a guy that knows how to get the best out of a situation. He's the wrong guy to provoke in this moment. You do not want to provoke Tommy Pham in this moment. And don't get me wrong, I understand that. It's it's not like I'm saying, oh, you've, you've awoken playoff Altuve, or, oh, you've really made Barry Bonds mad now. I understand that. The difference is, the Diamondbacks locker room will rally around a man like Tommy Pham. He is vital to this team. He is vital to how this team operates, both on the field and in the locker room. Then players are going to want to fight for him, and that's exactly what's going to happen when you find Tommy Pham. And yes, the base running was an issue. He'll know that the base running definitely was an issue. But he and he he's acceptable as a pro- professional, and he will know that more than anybody else. That That's not acceptable. I'm just trying to find the quote exactly what Mike Maddox, the pitching coach of the Texas Rangers, said, because I want to get it spot on, because I believe that this is vital. I mean, the cameras pick up everything, and it's stupid of them to do it. Absolutely stupid of them to say these things. Tommy Fan was caught stealing. He was wandering off second base. He was picked off. Great play. It looked like it was planned from the Rangers side of things. And then it cut the Fox cameras cut to Mike Maddox on the side of the on the on the dugout. And they saw him mouth the words at a boy, you dumb expletive. Fam, who, I'm just reading up on it now, played with the Cardinals in St. Louis in 2018 when Maddox was the pitching coach, said he was stunned, a bit hurt, and certainly disappointed by his reaction. I was just a little shocked that he would say that, Tommy Fam told USA Today. I get it, he at the moment, but he knows me. He knows me well. I'm just shocked at that. I would expect him to be a little bit better. And then, and this is where I think the alarm bell should be ringing they asked him if he would speak to maddox try and clear the air or you know understand the situation and fam said no he said success is the ultimate revenge so let's just try to beat him i'll try to let my game do my talking and you know what i saw that i've read that quote and at that moment i was convinced I was, con- I, I had convinced myself that the the Diamondbacks were probably going to take Game Three. Yep, I think the time, I think the Diamondbacks will take Game Three, simply because this is baseball, baby. Anything can happen. You know, you the smallest thing, and the best athletes in the world, and even the most elite athletes in the world will use any. Motivation to get them going in the biggest of situations. This is no different. Don't get me wrong. Tommy Pham is not Michael Jordan. He is not Cristiano Ronaldo who take any slight against him, even the most minuscule of slight, and use that as motivation to score 60 points in a game or score a hat trick. But he's a locker room leader, and there's a lot of people in that locker room that would play for him. And that's what is going to be on show in game three. Yes, the Diamondbacks were already motivated to do well. But now there's that little bit of spice to it. And that's exactly what this series needed. It needed a little bit of spice. It needed a little bit of aggravation. And I hope to God we get it. Because that would be perfect for what this series is trying to be. There is this perception that there are two teams who are just happy-go-lucky. Oh, look at us. We're in the World Series. How happy are we? Blah, blah, blah. Get a bit of needle. Get stuck in. You know, it makes everything better. The Rangers Astros series was so good, one because it was a Texas rivalry, two because everybody and their grandmother wants the Astros to lose unless you're an Astros fan. And let's be honest, you could tell there was bad blood. You could see it. And the moment Bobby Abreu threw that pitch at Adolis Garcia, it changed the series. So maybe something like this happens now in the World Series and it changes it. You know, I think that I think after this the Dynamax take game three, I then still have The Rangers going on a tear and winning it. But you just never know in this sport. And that's why this is so hard to predict. Because if the Phillies or the Astros had made it on either side, I think they'd be clear favourites. This particular series, there are no clear favourites. And that's why it's so exciting. And that's why people should be involved in it. There are stars in this game. There are superstars waiting to be made in this series. You've just got to watch them. You've just got to watch it, drink it in, and understand and not every superstar plays in Los Angeles, plays in New York. And let's be honest, Phoenix and Texas are still big markets. So if you want to see superstar players, you can see Adolis Garcia. You can see Corey Seager. If you want to see good pitching, you can see Zach Gallen. If you want to see good young players, you can see Corbin Carroll. This series has a lot going for it. I can't wait for game three. I think it's going to be an amazing game. We've just got to hope that we've just got to hope that it stays competitive for as long as possible. Moving on to the second topic of the day, and this is one that I saw floating about last week after the championship series, and it's something I want to delve into now. Give it some time. I was watching Towing the Slab on TikTok and they asked a question, David Cohn, his podcast, and they asked a question, are the Astros a dynasty? And it got me thinking. It got me thinking that every sport has a dynasty. The NFL has Tom Brady, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. You can count m- many in the National Basketball Association, in the NBA, with Kobe, Shaq, Phil Jackson, and the Lakers, Jordan's Bulls, Tim Duncan, Popovich, and the Spurs, and even Clay, Curry, Draymond, Kerr, Durant, and the Warriors. But with baseball, it's ever so slightly different. With baseball, it's not that cut and dry. And the process that we have had to a full out dynasty in 10 years has been the Houston Astros. They made seven straight American League Championship Series. They have won two World Series rings. There is an asterisk next to 2017. but There is no doubt in 2022 they won it fair and square. But is the dynasty over? Is it even a dynasty in the first place? And you know what? I don't, it, it was, it's not a dynasty. It's not a dynasty in the slightest. Because there are rules, unwritten rules, within what makes a dynasty and what makes a team dynastic. And what they reminded me of, and what they do remind me of, is the 90s Braves. A fantastic team with Hall of Fame level players who just couldn't get it over the line more than once. And yes, I know the Astros have two, but 2017 withstanding, the Braves couldn't really get the job done when it mattered. The Astros have had chance after chance to win multiple rings. 2019, they lost to the Washington Nationals in seven games. They have been beaten by the Red Sox in the ALCS. They have been beaten by the Rays in the ALCS. And I'm sorry, but if you're only coming home, If you have seven straight ALCSs and you're only coming home with two World Series rings, and one of them is contested in the way that it is, you're not a dynasty. Rule number one of a dynasty is you have to go back to back. Rule number two of a dynasty, you have to win three in six. The Astros never went back to back, the Astros won two in seven. Now, is it over? I'm not sure. Time will tell. But I think this was the best chance to solidify themselves and put themselves into the case of a dynasty. They could have had, they could have had anything they wanted in these seven years. They had Hall of Fame players. Jose Altuve is one of, if not the most productive postseason player in maybe 20 years. Justin Verlander is going to the Hall of Fame with an Astros hat on. He made the difference in 2017 when he was traded at the deadline. Cheating aside, that team was outstandingly good. The team in 2019 was even better. And they couldn't get the job done then. Every team slips up. And the comparison that could be made with this team right now is currently playing in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. They have players who are destined destined for the Hall of Fame. They have a coach who's destined for the Hall of Fame as well. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid are going to go into the Hall of Fame the same way that Jose Altuve is. You'd probably make a case that Alex Bregman is. You'd probably make the case that Justin Verlander is. And they only have two titles in seven years. Not a dynasty in my book but I think that says more about Major League Baseball and the competitiveness and the parity of it than it does for the Astros themselves. They're one American League Championship Series away from tying the 90s Braves for eight. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know with the team. Because I looked at them in the regular season, and when I saw Astros fans talk about them, and when I heard Astros fans rate their chances, they were saying it wasn't vintage Astros. It wasn't with the vintage team. It didn't have the same spark that previous teams had had, it didn't have the same oomph that previous editions of the team had had. And yes, they had lost some players over time. You know, Carlos Correa wasn't there anymore, but Jeremy Pena is very good. You know. George Springer isn't there anymore and you know they haven't they've suffered without him but not not drastically I just think the one lesson over this time is never rule them out never ever rule out the Houston Astros so if everybody is declaiming that they are dead uh uh-uh. it's not the case not the case in the slightest because we don't know what's going to happen we don't know What happens next summer? We don't know what happens next October. If you said to me that they don't make the ALCS next year, I wouldn't be surprised. If you tell me that they make the World Series next year, I wouldn't be surprised as well. It's the duality of this damn, damn franchise. They're an outstandingly good team. Annoying if you've ever had to come across them. I have many times, many years, and I hate them. I hate them. But there are are clear signs of what to do with that team. One, get a new manager. Simple as. Dusty Baker's retired, so they need to refresh themselves in the dugout. They need to reload the roster. If anything, there, there is no better team in baseball at doing that. You know, they brought in Jose Abreu when they needed someone at first base. And he's been fantastic in October. He's been fantastic in the postseason. Justin Verlander came back, and whilst he probably wasn't necessarily needed and he wasn't high on their list, he was still a valuable player and still a player you can, even at his vintage, can rely on to do well. But they still need pitching. You know, they have a core of players. Verlander, Frambois Valdez, Jose Otuve, Alec Bregman, Kyle Tucker... Jordan Alvarez, that's a good core with players. That's a good core that a lot of people would love their teams to have. But it needs strengthening immediately. It can't rely on the farm system to do it because it just... I mean, there are currently zero, zero top 100 prospects in the organisation. I remember back in the time when the Astros had a loaded farm system. Not not the case in in current situations. They've been able to build from within for many years. Can't do that anymore. So you have to be creative, you have to be smart, you have to look from outside of the organization, make some trades make some free agent signings they're not going to spend loads of money but if there's one team that you would trust to make the right calls going forward it's the Houston Astros so are they a dynasty as of right now no this year they needed to win they needed minimum minimum 3 and 7 couldn't do it you know rule number 1 go back to back couldn't do it rule number 2 Three and six. Couldn't do it. Do they reload and go again? Wouldn't surprise me. Are they a dynasty? No. In baseball terms they might be, but in general sporting terms they're not. They're not Manchester City under Pep Guardiola. They're not Bill Belichick and Brady's Patriots. They're not Jordan's balls. They're not Jeter, the core four, Mariana Rivera, Andy Pettit. Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, led by Joe Torre, the Yankees. They're not that. They're the 90s Braves. They're clocked Liverpool. They're the teams that nearly did it, but not quite. This has been Let's Talk Baseball. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's been really fun to make. You know, if you follow us on the social media channels, keep an eye out for Let's Talk Baseball on TikTok. Keep an eye out for Let's Talk Baseball on Instagram, YouTube Shorts. I'm currently staring at a camera right now that set up it feels like something from some futuristic film I'm not very used to this I'm normally used to plugging the mic and going straight in but the camera is a bit of a different touch thank you for listening thank you for watching if you do remember, rate the show download the show subscribe to the channels follow the channels like and share whatever content comes out of this it's a lot of fun making it it's coming towards the end of the season we have to start thinking about what we're going to do, what we're going to do in the off-season, how much fun we're going to have in the off-season with this. So, once again, thank you for listening. Remember to check out all the channels for Let's Talk Baseball. Let's get ready for Game 3 of the World Series. Let's get ready for a very fun World Series carrying on. And let's play out with another edition of Creed. Thank you and have a good day.
1: 6 feet from the edge and I'm thinking